0: This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3406 for Monday, the 23rd of August 2021. Today's show is entitled, A Study of Cards in Games and is part of the series Tabletop Gaming. It is hosted by Claw2 and is about 27 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is currency, deterrent, coercion, clutter rules. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org/donate. Hey, everybody! You're
1: listening to Public Radio. My name is Clat Two, and in this episode, I want to talk about game design which is a hobby of mine. I'm by no means qualified to speak about this, but I'm doing it anyway for for want of anyone else doing it on this network. So until someone qualified starts posting episodes about game design, I'm just going to keep on going myself. Anyway, I was thinking lately, because I like to design card games, and I was thinking lately about card, like what cards are in games, and even beyond that, uh, what cards... And and I guess general assets in games are like when you're when you're pulling things together to have components to make up a game. What what components do you have sort of to choose from? And that's not to say that you shouldn't just make up your own stuff, but I, I think that there are you know if you look at different games broadly, you can kind of start to categorize things. And so I've, I've been doing that. I've been, like I say, thinking mo- mostly about this in terms of cards, because that's kind of a fun medium for me. But I'm, I'm sure that if one thought about it hard enough, one could find categories, these categories cropping up in other in other media. But here's here's the sort of the types of cards that I've been able to identify so far. In, in gaming. And I've got six of them. And, um, you know, like I say, there might be official terms for these, because I know that game design and game theory and all that other stuff, those are official. Like, there are actually fields of study around those. So I, I don't have, like, the official terminology, assuming there is official terminology. So I'm observing and making up terms sort of outside of that. So, yeah, these are just observations, I guess. I'm not, again, not authoritative on this topic whatsoever, and haven't done any research on it. It's just things I've noticed as I play games and try to design new ones. Okay, so, to start with, I think I'll start with, strangely, the one that is sort of the anti-asset, um, in a way. It is what I call clutter and this is the stuff these are cards that are designed or maybe not not designed sometimes but end up as clutter in your they they clutter up the hand of your player so for instance easy example here is uno if you've ever played uno it's a it's like a milton bradley game or a you know Parker Brothers game, it's like a really sort of classic, at least where I'm from, uh, it was a classic sort of kids game, and the idea of UNO was that, I haven't played it in years, so I'm I'm probably getting some details wrong, but I don't think it matters. Object of UNO is to get rid of the cards out of your hand until you reach one card. And I think after you reach one card, you, I think, you're you're meant to then get rid of that one card. I don't know the significance of sort of reaching one card. It seems to me like that's inevitable. So I'm not sure why there's why that's singled out. But whatever, you reach one card and then you get rid of that card. And the way that you get rid of cards in Uno is you look at the cards in your hand. You look at the top card of the sort of play deck on the table. And if your card, if you have a card that matches that card, the 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 play card, the the last played card in either color or number, then you can sort of discard your card. You can you can add your card to the top of that play pile. And then the next player has to have a card that matches that card in either color or number and so on. If you do not have a card that matches in some way color or number of the the, the top play, play card, then you have to draw a card. So in other words, in UNO, a card game, drawing a new card is punishment. And having cards in your hand is undesirable it's if you think about it it's really like really strange like, why, why would that be the goal of the game it's a card game just don't draw then I mean, you win automatically right but I mean these are how games are made you know you, you get in, in this game you get yourself into an undesirable state and work very hard to get rid of the things that you got uh, so that 's clutter. Um, nobody wants the cards you can 't give them away um there's another game called Dominion, which i don 't think i 've done a hacker public radio episode on i should it 's quite a good game it 's a deck building game you're you're building you're assembling your play deck as you play the game, so the game sort of changes as you go, and one of the ways that the game changes is that you have sort of shifting goals. Throughout, when you first start, you're trying to amass enough money, in-game money, currency, to purchase um, land, uh, like w- which are called victory points. So you're 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 purchasing cards with in-game currency that will, at the end of the game, and I do mean the end, like after the game is over, these cards that you have purchased will count toward your victory but during the game those cards are useless they don't have any special powers they don't do anything for you they're not they're not currency of any sort they're just well clutter so those are cards specifically designed to frustrate the user or the player when you draw a, a hand and you've drawn a a land or a, a victory point card that you have purchased with your hard-earned in-game currency. You're really frustrated because you only have 5 cards in your hand and one of them or two of them or three of them is um one of these useless victory point cards that you can't do anything with. Um so that's an, an interesting an interesting way to treat some cards that they're clutter now there are there are ways around clutter in Dominion, uh, and indeed, there are some ways sort of around certain mechanics of clutter in Uno. Um, both Both games have sort of power up cards, as it were, or rule breaking cards that that change a rule for a moment that allow you, for instance, to discard um, a card anyway or or whatever. So that's clutter. And I guess because I mentioned it, I'll I'll jump up to currency next. So currency is a um, mechanic or a a type of card or asset that people use in-game to acquire, you know, as currency, to acquire other, other benefits of the game. Um, Magic the Gathering, as I've mentioned in a very recent episode, 3396 or 3401, I think, uh, Magic the Gathering has land cards that, when you tap them, uh, they produce mana. And mana is the in-game currency that you spend in order to cast spells, or summon creatures, or do other, other things that make the game go... Um, with mana, you're able to do the the things that you want to do in the game. Now, as I've demonstrated in a recent episode, um, they there are hacks around the limitation of only having so much mana uh, by decoupling the relationship of land to mana in some ways. Um, But you have to acquire those. Those are things that you have to draw from your deck. You have to own. You have to sort of work that into your deck initially. Similarly, in Dominion, you have currency. They are um, appropriately just their gold coins and copper coins and silver coins in Dominion. And you get to draw those, or, or you get to purchase those, rather. You start with some number of copper, and you get to purchase silver, and then you once you have enough silver you can purchase gold so you're working your way up as part of the game you're getting more and more valuable currency but that's all those cards do is they you trade those cards in for for other benefits of the game and in, similarly in dominion you have hacks around sort of the currency uh, limitations so, for instance, you have things like um, cards that not only uh, grant you, I don't know, another turn, they also grant you sort of a temporary, until your turn ends, you have two extra gold coins. And so now, even though you might only have three copper coins in your hand, you happen to also have two, two more coins uh, granted to you by this special card that you purchased. Uh, with with in-game currency, so that's currency. It's uh, a fairly common um, uh, convention in games because you. It's a way of limiting limiting players uh, from sort of ramping up too quickly to the really powerful stuff, and it causes well, just like in real life, it, it causes sort of a feeding frenzy uh, and a mad rush on the bank. Ah, uh, to get currency because you know you need currency in order to do some special thing, and that special thing, of course will put you above uh, your your opponent in some way. That's currency, that's clutter. I've mentioned it a couple of times, so I'm gonna skip over well, I'm not gonna skip. i'm gonna I'm gonna jump over to rules. So rules or rule breakers are cards that are designed to, Modify the, the game engine as it runs. So, easy example here is Flux. I've done a podcast on Flux for Hacker Public Radio. Don't know the number off the top of my head. I'm out for a walk right now, so I can't look it up, but go listen to that. Flux is a really cool game. The long and short of it is that there are two rules in Flux. Draw a card and play a card. But every card you draw, almost, modifies the game rules. So, one card you draw might say, from now on draw two and so now you're drawing two and playing one Uh, something else might say play all the cards in your hands every turn and so you're playing insane amounts of uh, a ridiculous amount of cards every turn uh, and you're drawing two and then you get something else and it tells you uh, a new way to win Uh, rather than doing this to win you do that to win so the rules are changing Based on the cards themselves, and that is um, that's the design of Flux. But you see it elsewhere too. You see it in Magic: The Gathering. Certainly, you'll have a card that says that it's an enchantment or an artifact, and from now on, um, every character, every every creature that you know loses that, that gets sent to the graveyard, um, grants you additional life or and it lets you draw um an extra card or something like that so it's um it's there are cards that you can draw to change the the normal rules of the game and that's fun like those are those are exceptions those are rule breaking moments and i think any kind of like power up card i i think from for myself i i put that into the rules category because essentially that's what like power up cards you're doing and by power up i mean you know something that grants a card that um i don't know if you could hear that through the microphone but there is a there are huge like uh, i don't know what they're called yorkshire cows or oxfordshire cows or something like that they're big cows with like really p- long pointy horns it's really amazing they're really shaggy uh, anyway um uh yeah rules and power ups like any power up card like it gives you you know like a plus 1 to this card or take an extra action this turn or in, you know an extra turn or something like or skip the next player um or in uno you have the wild card card that 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 you can play and now the next player can put down any card that they want because the wild card counts as any number and any color um, or I think also in Uno, I think there's a reverse. Reverse the, 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 the direction that the gameplay is, is happening. I don't know if that's actually a benefit or just something wacky that, that makes people sort of excited because things are different now. But either way, rule-changing stuff. Dominion has a bunch of these as well. You're, you're acquiring your currency, thinking that you're, you're going to be able to buy more more land because you have more currency and on your on your way to that you're you're buying other cards that break the rules because natively the rules of Dominion are to play uh, to yeah to take one action and to buy one thing and that's all you can do and then I think yeah that's it that's that's all so, but there are other cards that you can purchase for in-game currency that give you benefits like take two actions discard a card, and replace it with a new one from your deck. Um, buy two things instead of just one, or, or, you know, if you can. So, so yeah, rule-breaking cards are, are another category of cards. So, next I'm going to do persuasion cards. Persuasion cards are things that I classify as assets... That encourage or discourage player, your, your fellow players, from taking actions of some sort. They're persuasion cards. They're not, they're they're not currency. They're not winning conditions. They're not breaking any rules. They're just, or maybe they are. I mean, n- none of these are mutually exclusive. But, but the persuasion ones are things that your that players know you or maybe assume that you have and will modify their behavior in some way. And along with this, I, I classify what I would call deterrent cards. So deterrent or persuasion, maybe they're the same. maybe they're slightly different in mood, but they they help modify other players' behavior either by, by explicit threat, or by, you know, suggestion of a threat. So, for instance, in poker, I would say that the card, the card functions in poker, all of the cards, are essentially deterrent cards. They, they, or or persuasion cards, they, they encourage your fellow players to, um, to, to, not to, uh, bet... More or to bet more money, or I don't know how poker works. I've only played uh, tex- uh, Texas Hold'em, but um, yeah, in poker, you know, you've got your cards, you got your card hands, you're making assumptions about what other people have, and so you're you're either increasing your bid or you're folding based on what you think the other players have. the The cards themselves, essentially, from other players' viewpoints, they're all essentially the same. They all look the same from the back of the cards, right? Like They don't know that you have an ace or a full house or whatever. All they know is that you have some number of cards and a smug look on your face and so they make assumptions based on that. Another one like that is the game Coup. C-O-U-P like a a, a coup on a government or whatever. Um, Coup, you only have two cards in your hand or Three, two, or three cards in your hand—it's—it's it's brilliant. I've done a Hacker Public Radio episode on coup. I'm pretty sure. And once again, two other players; those the, the cards are essentially completely equal because they don't know what those cards are, but they know that certain cards have certain abilities, and based on their their either fear or or their their belief in that card. They are persuaded uh, to to modify their behavior in some way, and then finally, I have coercion oh, or cor- coerce cards. Coercion cards, yeah, coercion to go with coercion. That sounds better. Uh, coercion cards are um, what I what I think of as you know all-out attack cards. Um, they're the the sort of the battle-ready cards that, in some way. Um, modify the state of either the game board as it were or uh you know the table or the the hands of other players magic the gathering is the maybe the obvious um the obvious example here you, you you're you're literally well not literally well literally you're in game literally attacking other players you're 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 summoning creatures that um Ideally, deduct points off of the player's life total. That's a coercive card. Um, in Dominion, there are a couple of cards like this. I mean, there are a lot of expansion packs for Dominion, but uh, at least in the base set, there are a couple like this. There's a Militia card that forces your opponent to discard two or down to three cards. There's a a Witch card that um, inserts a negative one uh, victory point into your player's hand. Uh, there's a like a robber card or something like that that um, steals, I think, gold or, or some you know currency from your from an opponent, and so on. In coup, there's one or two cards that outwardly um, outwardly um, attack. The, the opponent like the assassin card. Uh, you don't like play the no. I think you do actually play the assassin. Yeah, so it's it's a very obvious attack. In the uh, the game, Gloom, uh, which is a sort of a spin, in a way, off of uh, Dark Cults, which I've also done. Um, an episode about. You you are placing. Um, uh, potentially, points on your opponent's uh, family members to try to. Uh, well, it's kind of it's kind of everything's reverse. So actually, you're trying to uh, you're trying to heal their or benefit their their family, but actually that's bad bad for them. So, but anyway, the the point is that you are you are modifying the state of your opponent's um, win condition or or proximity to the win condition. And those are coercion cards. And like I said, none of these are necessarily mutually exclusive. And I think that, in a way, um, Persuasion, for instance... Well, Persuasion's a little bit funky. Maybe that's not one. Um, Maybe it is. I don't know. Persuasion and, and Deterrent are kind of essentially the same, arguably. But in my mind, I think Persuasion is... I, I think of persuasion more when there's a bit of a looser table rule where... I mean, depending on the game, um, it might be written into the game rules where people are sort of bargaining for things like, hey, I'll, I'll give you this if you give me that. That sort of thing, the bargaining almost of, of persuasion. But that could also be your currency. You know, you could just outwardly bribe people with your in-game currency uh, if that's allowed. Or if it's not allowed, who knows? I don't know how you play. Uh, so that's it, anyway. So I've got currency, persuasion, persuasion slash deterrent, um, clutter, coercion, and rules. Those are the the things that I've identified in card games and in games in general. Um, and I will say that uh, one of the reasons that I sort of started down this thought process, this thought exercise, was because I realized um, when I was designing a game once, that I had come up with some uh, bonus cards, some power-up cards of sorts that I didn't realize it at the time, and it wasn't until I play-tested it with some people who, who were quite used to, um, to card games, like a lot of different card games that I wasn't familiar with, um, I designed power up cards that at the time I thought were really beneficial, and I thought, boy, people will really love these these cards because they're just um, they really power things up and I didn't realize it until until it was pointed out to me that um, actually they just clutter up your hand because uh, they kind of they they put your hand count at the maximum when all you really want to do, is discard your stupid little measly power-up card um, and gain a really powerful card instead. So you know you got a power-up that gives you a plus one. Well, that's great, but why not just discard it and kind of you know fish, as it were, for a um, for a, a something that's worth five in the first place. So um, I feel like identifying the the um, identifying the kinds of cards that exist can kind of help you avoid potentially, or at least I, I should say, it's just not necessarily about avoidance. It's it's also just kind of it'll help you when you're designing things to identify the function of what you've just designed and really look at it and, and think and, and be able to identify whether it's it's actually what you intended or whether it's playing some other role that maybe you didn't intend. Or that it is playing a couple of the different roles. Maybe it is a bonus in some circumstances, and yet also uh, a clutter card in other circumstances. And maybe that's okay. Like I say, in Dominion, that's surely by design. The fact that, that if you buy things too early in the game, you're cluttering up your hand, and you need to come up with some other strategy that will break... A rule for you so that you can then get rid of the clutter and get a better hand during your turn or just don't don't buy victory points until the very end of the game there's flexibility there but you you have to deal with it and that's by design so i hope this has been i don't know so, sort of informative or at least interesting thanks for listening i'll talk to you next time